Welcome to Transition Gadget 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode we've got a lot of things around the world of gaming to talk about starting with too much news from Nintendo. It includes their new and upcoming game Arms which we played for a bit and some news about production of the Nintendo Switch itself. And we are also talking about Overwatch's new hero and Xbox Game Pass, some news around the PS4 Slim bundle and the death of the PS3. And apart from that we are also going to be talking about the upcoming release of iOS 11's beta and how that affects the games that you have on your iPhones and iPads and iPod touches As always let me introduce the people who are on this podcast we have our game editor Rishi Albani Greetings ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and trolls of all ages Okay friend of the podcast Mikhail Madani is also here Hello and i'm your host pranay parab so i think we should start by talking about all this nintendo news which is like just too much to list uh first up we have this report about there being a possible production boost for the nintendo switch uh yeah they claim that they want to do 18 million units this year even though they've predicted that they would sell 10 million but the demand they basically cannot keep up with the demand right now and uh, it's been selling out continuously in the us and japan i think europe and the middle east are the only places where you can get the switch easily right now Yeah and more importantly while it's quite easy to get it in Europe and Middle East and by, and by extension also easier to get it in India despite not being officially available i mean if you look on amazon it's available for sale if you look on uh, at your local independent retailer they have it on sale as well really yes they do uh, and uh, the interesting part is the is the, is the difference in price on amazon you're paying close to 35 but offline you're paying close to 28 so before we have someone in the comments or emailing us to asking us but how is this relevant because it's not available well it is available you just have to look and what's interesting though is uh japan has been selling the console as a part of a lottery system you can't even pre-order it you have to go to a store pick up a lottery stub and hope to god you get it also uh like besides being available in certain stores that import from the middle east and other regions CEX has every single switch game available in stock at nearly double or triple the price like even the rare games like i am setsuna that only had a physical release in asia and japan with english text even that's available here and like indie titles like the binding of isaac afterbirth plus is available for last i checked 5000 when it actually cost 40 dollars on the e shop So yeah the switch has made it here and it's available offline it's not just the online thing in a few stores and let's not forget i mean it's reached a point where uh, official legitimate re- uh, distributors and retailers like e-express and games a shop have even listed games for pre-order you can pick up i mean of all games cars to launch three. cars 3 yeah, on the switch the first nintendo switch that's game like to be officially nintendo available s- yeah that's the first nintendo switch game to be officially available in india like <laughs> come on three. to the rest of the publishers ubisoft warner brothers uh capcom please get your heads out of your posteriors i think that's diplomatic enough for this podcast because there is an audience why are you giving us garbage like cars like and why why, why is the local side of the same publishers not doing anything about it why are we being forced to like look at cars 3 for pre order when the same publishers have released at launch super bomberman r from konami which has a distributor over here Uh, Ubisoft just danced 2017, which also has a distributor here. Also, Express, Lego City Undercover, which is a really good game and it runs really well. Like I got it on the Switch and on PS4, which is from Warner Brothers, and their distributor is also Express. 
So something is definitely up and there is a pattern here. Yeah, it's just that it's a little tragic to say, but yeah, if you want, the only official game right now is Cars 3. Uh, but moving on to the actual topic of debate, which is yes, production has been ramped up. And at the same time, it seems that our friendly neighborhood Japanese company is ha- is finding itself embroiled in a battle for components with none other than Apple. Yeah, so uh, a recent report as of like probably one hour ago uh, from Wall Street Journal claims that uh, Nintendo is actually facing some issues with their NAND, the NAND storage, basically the 32 GB inbuilt in the switches because uh, the same production facilities are being used by Apple who basically needs to make a gazillion more iPhones for the next year or iPads using the same NAND. So This is why Apple should buy Nintendo. <laughs> Wait, so you're trying to tell me that uh, as of the recording of this podcast, it seems that Apple is still going to have a 32 gig SKU? Of course they are. Why? They have the 16 gig SKU. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they still sell 16 GB somewhere. 32 GB just got introduced last year, I think, as the base model. Anyway, yep. that so, deviation aside, it's going to be very amusing to see which audience gets the short end of the stick. Will people find Nintendo Switches below their Christmas tree or iPhones? It depends on who wins the race for components at this stage. I think it's time to talk about the most exciting Nintendo game ever, which is not ARMS. Oh, most exciting. So, you Vanquish is coming to Switch? Uh, No, it's a game, game, not like two-hour demo or something. (laughs) Leave. (laughs) <laughs> we're talking about some monster hunter thing what exactly is this so, i've never heard so of so yeah that's not nintendo's game uh, it's capcom's uh, yeah. franchise which started on uh, ps2 ps2 and yeah. made it way to psp where it was really successful uh monster hunter freedom unite is one of the best-selling games ever and it, it's even available on ios in hd and it plays really well uh, so monster hunters traditionally moved a lot of nintendo consoles like monster hunter on 3ds single-handedly made that beat the Vita completely in Japan, in addition to some of the other reasons like memory cards. Uh, But Monster Hunter, there was this question about whether Monster Hunter would actually release on Switch or whether a company like Sony would money hat it for releasing on PS4, which still might happen going by some rumors. But uh, Monster Hunter's third game for the 3DS, which released uh, actually the fifth one in Japan, is Monster Hunter Double Cross, which is the enhanced version of Monster Hunter Cross, which released in English as Monster Hunter Generations, which uh, a lot of us played. That got ported to Switch and will be released in August with like better textures, better looking visuals. I don't think it's going to have a bump in performance, but basically Monster Hunter is coming to Switch in HD and it'll be good to play it with proper controls for once. So, how do you pronounce this this game? Is it Monster Hunter XX? It's Monster Hunter Double Cross. Double Cross. Oh my god. And for for those of you who are uninitiated on on Monster Hunter, it's an open world uh, RPG, action RPG, where you essentially play, create your own character, which is known as a hunter, and you essentially hunt monsters. Uh, It also has, the setting's usually been high fantasy, if I'm not mistaken, and the emphasis on crafting and cooperative play has been one of its hallmarks for the longest time. Uh, Capcom has claimed the series has sold close to 40 million units lifetime to date. And it's significant because the moment it was announced, uh, Nintendo's uh, market value in Japan uh, skyrocketed to $2.2 billion. It it was the game that pushed it over $2.2 billion valuation, which is something that Mario or Zelda did not do. And and what's interesting, though, is that for those of you who are keeping track on, on stock tickers, is that after Nintendo said it would double down on Switch production, 
its share price even went further to the highest point it's ever been since 2008 so yeah it's uh, in india we've seen monster hunter show up on the psp back in 2009 2010 uh, at the time capcom's distributor was milestone interactive so the psp version showed up but that's about it we haven't seen any monster hunter game in india after that a lot of it had to do with the fact that uh, Capcom's then distributor Milestone went out of business and at the same time while they were finding their feet the new distributor felt new new distributor E-Express again felt that it didn't make sense to bring a Japanese RPG into India because apparently people don't play Japanese RPGs so that's where we're at uh, so if if you're if you're one of the few with a switch and want an interested in Monster Hunter Double Cross I we have a feeling something might be announced around D3 yeah and Nintendo will probably announce that it's getting localized and I say Nintendo and not Capcom because uh, all the 3DS entries have been published by Nintendo at least in major territories I think in the US it's distributed by Nintendo but it's published by Capcom so Nintendo even has a part in the localization of these things so yeah like it's pretty much their title and uh, given its release date in august then given the fact that monster hunter generations already exists in english there's very little left to localize for this version so i have a feeling it's going to be nintendo's august game or, after splatoon which is july or we could it either could be the august game or the august game or could actually be uh, mario plus rabbids kingdom battle one of the two uh, for those of you, uh, the reason why this is the case is because nintendo has claimed that they're going to release one big game every month So we might see, we might end up seeing uh, Mario, Mario plus Rabbids, or we might see Monster, Monster Hunter Double Cross, maybe both. I we think what's going to happen is Mario Rabbids will get pushed to September because September has Dragon Quest X, which is an online MMO in Japan, and that's not going to get localized. In fact, you can't even play it here without a VPN on any platform. So I'm not entirely sure about that September thing because if I'm not mistaken, Super Mario Odyssey will be coming around October or so, right? Yeah, that's what. That'll yeah. be the October or November game. Uh, They're going to have one big game every month. Yeah, but would they release like two Mario games uh, practically one after the other? Uh, I'm not too sure about that. That's why I think uh, this will be a November title. Yeah. Because that's the going to push switches in the holiday season yeah. for sure. And yeah. if you think about it, Nintendo's already released a bunch of Mario games this year. We saw Mario hit Android with Super Mario Run. We've seen Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So I and also. Uh, that Mario Sports game on 3DS there we go some I forgot the name Mario Sports Superstars I think mm. they're going to keep making Mario because Mario prints money <laughs> so yeah that that's that yeah so speaking of uh, Nintendo games the reason we've been speaking about this uh, one month uh, schedule is that uh, not only has Nintendo been like quite successful by all measures with the switch yeah. it also is launching all these great titles which is like uh, it's it's like a cat and mouse thing right where you put out one good game and then people chase it and then that leads to sales of more consoles and eventually that brings more developers to the table hopefully next year also we'll see this um, launch schedule continue they need to open up their dev policy because right now they're restricting who they give dev kits to and uh, at least the rumor is that for the first 6 months they don't want to have old ports unless they feel like it's going to sell systems so then the question is why the hell did ea get a dev kit because they're bringing fifa they're not calling it FIFA 18 no 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 they're calling it FIFA EA FIFA EA Sports FIFA EA Sports FIFA like uh which basically implies that for those of you who are exclusive to Nintendo platforms you're not going to get the latest version of FIFA you're going to get an older version of FIFA which is tragic because uh I think our iOS specialist Mike uh claims that Frostbite engine has been ported to iOS Yeah like Switch. when they when they announced the iPad 3 or iPad 4 they showed off Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare at the event uh 
after that dice has gotten frostbite running and they have battlefield 4 running they haven't released it obviously but there's a video of them which they uploaded on the frostbite engine website so and obviously the ipad is 2048 by 1536 that's the display switch is 720p or like it can do up to 1080p on the tv uh and also given nintendo's online infrastructure right now i don't think it can support fifa like fut basically yeah ultimate team is a big draw uh and while a lot of people we you know st- still end up playing uh, uh playing fifa offline in career mode or playing versus a lot of other people keep playing fifa ultimate team so and and given that you need to be online for that and it's card based and it's microtransaction based we wouldn't be surprised if uh, ea has a few concerns with nintendo's online infrastructure keep in mind we still don't know how much it'll cost you to go online yet nintendo hasn't revealed that yeah uh hopefully they'll do it soon once arms and splatoon 2 are out but yeah they said the online thing would launch in fall so yeah it would be around the time splatoon 2 launches but uh ea says this has been tailor made for the switch for pickup and co-op play and they've just thrown all these buzzwords which nintendo uses which implies that you could probably have split screen or two people playing on the same screen at the same time through both joy cons but uh, yeah don't expect the content which you get on uh, fifa 18 for ps4 xbox one or even pc or ps3 or xbox 360 for that matter those have ultimate team right yes okay so basically it'll be like some weird frankenstein version with some stuff cut out but they'll probably throw in motion controls and they'll throw in some other random stuff for the switch but wouldn't expect anything good out of it and yeah it'll still cost the same as the other versions yeah so speaking problem. of motion controls and upcoming nintendo games i believe both of you guys played the arms test punch yeah yes the arms global test punch it was pretty cool uh, so arms is one of nintendo's newer ips uh, it's it's something they revealed at uh, their nintendo switch event back in january it's essentially a fighting game where you choose between 10 characters uh, one and all of them have extendable arms which is really amusing because you can end up playing a ninja who has extendable arms and and the gloves can be switched around you can have propellers you can have boomerangs you can have arms that split into mini arms things just got meta yeah so it's quite cool it's quite it was quite cool to play very colorful game which is nice to see remind me a lot of the gamecube era where, where all nintendo used to was churn out one psychedelic color infused title after another so love the art direction on this uh the gameplay is quite cool uh the motion controls work very well i mean it, it and it reminds me back of the mid uh, uh, towards the late 2000s when uh every company was trying to chase what the we did in terms of motion control but no one could actually get the precision required and this one just nails that promise mm-hmm. the motion uh, to me the best way to play arms is with motion controls because they're intu- intuitive and they actually work very well mm-hmm. which is good to see i mean it, it's fun to play and yeah you you like you'll end up looking like like a complete train wreck while playing it because you'll be flailing around arms around literally but mm. it's quite fun and it's just super responsive so mike did you play it with the pro controller by any chance i did both yeah i tried motion controls and with the pro controller and also with both joy cons uh, without motion controls because uh, that's something very nice that you can just put both joy cons in both hands and like just be lazy and like play, <laughs> play like a split controller i've been doing that for zelda so it works really well but uh, I I think there were some problems with connecting the first time but once I got in it was fine. Uh I feel like there's it's going to suffer what Splatoon 1 suffered at launch which was a lack of content even though uh Splatoon 1 had some single player stuff. I feel like Arms is launching with too little content right now and uh, there's another problem that 
the next month's Platoon 2 releases and I'm sure everyone is looking forward to that much more than they are to this. So it'll be interesting to see if both customers and Nintendo can support uh, online service-focused games which are both releasing around the same time. Yeah, and at the same time, we still don't know how much single-player content Nintendo's putting in. And this is important because we've seen fighting games in the past where there wasn't enough single-player content at launch. We've seen it at Street Fighter V. Uh, Injustice 2 is the exception. And it and it, it and if Nintendo isn't able to, to give you enough offline content or enough single-player co- content to begin with, it could be a problem. And that could actually impede progress because even Tekken 7, from uh, what we from what we we've heard, is uh, the the single player campaign is all of one and a half hour long. Yeah, so, there's a, there's a rumor that it's one and a half hour long. I believe someone's already uploaded a full playthrough on YouTube. I haven't bothered looking at it yet, but uh, Tekken also launches without battle mode, which is so, also yeah, yeah, basically features which you'd expect aren't there. And as of now, Arms just has a like a Grand Prix mode, which is arcade mode essentially. That doesn't look like any story mode is there and uh, they say you can earn everything from in-game currency that you unlock by winning and all but uh, I'm not really sure how this is going to play out. I mean yeah I want to know how how a mummy got extendable arms man because he's like the best character Master Mummy the best character in arms right now. Yeah. No dude Min Min boys. No. <laughs> Go play as DNA man. So neither of you like Twintel or is that not available yet? Not available yet. Uh, I mean, come on, they need to have something for people to buy the game. Sorry, yeah. Pranay, your arms waifu will be available in the full game. <laughs> All right. So moving on to things other than Nintendo. Um, let's talk about Overwatch. I hear there's a new hero on the horizon. Exactly. That is Horizon. I, I'm sure you're referring to the space station if, I'm not, if I get my Overwatch lore right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Jeff Kaplan has said in an interview that a new hero is on, hori- on the horizon. The Overwatch website has hints that it's probably uh, n- the nemesis of, the o- of one of the Overwatch characters, Winston, who is a, a monkey. So you might just see another monkey character, primate, God knows, mm-hmm. uh, we'll know soon enough. Uh, but yeah, hints towards a new hero, which isn't surprising because uh, prior to this, in, a, in, in an earlier interview, Overwatch game director Jeff Kaplan has said that the next hero is already knee-deep into development and they're just figuring out when to launch. So this, th- this sounds about right. Uh, the timing, if you ask me, is a little rushed because we're just in the middle of the anniversary event uh, and, there has, and it's, it's still going on. So you'd want to think that they want to space out their announcements, but it doesn't seem like it. So let's see how let's see how it works out. But they're teasing it now, which means we should see in a launch uh, see a launch in a couple of weeks, maybe. Uh, usually, uh, there isn't much foreshadowing before they announce a hero. But yeah, they seem to be trying to capitalize on whatever hype they have right now. So let's see how that works out. Yeah, well, we'll find out, I guess. Um, do you want to talk about the uh, Overwatch economy and what's happening during the anniversary event? Oh, we can talk about that. Yeah. So. What happened is, it seems that you need 50,000 credits to pick up every possible skin, which means that there's a lot every of... Every possible cosmetic item. Yeah. Because uh, this for the anniversary event, Blizzard has quote-unquote gone all out and released 11 legendary skins, much more than they usually do in these events. Uh, they've also added extra icons for every hero for, with this new gold branding, which matches the anniversary logo. But the problem is uh, the login bonus is just one loot box as opposed to five which were given during Christmas, the Christmas event. And uh, this basically means you need to buy more loot boxes to get more cosmetics. So it's going to cost you more money and more time in the end to unlock everything. And uh, this is the first time I've actually seen the core Overwatch fan base react negatively 
to the loot box system because everyone's been happy to like just play unlock and buy stuff if they need to this time it feels like blizzard went a little too far with this and uh, jeff kaplan actually said that they've been paying attention to the feedback and they will work on it which might seem like your typical pr response but they need to do something about this if they want people to keep playing i mean overwatch just hit 30 million players recently and uh, they'd probably be looking to get to 50 by the end of next year i i don't know I, if i look at it from a business standpoint it's always always good to remember that no matter how friendly a developer might seem always keep in mind that if they're owned by activision there is always room for potential disaster uh, reason being activision is the kind of company that reskins a 10 year old game like call of duty modern warfare and adds in microtransactions and a, an entire freemium system which is really tragic considering when modern warfare came out the first time no such thing existed and that wasn't all they also in- increased the price of the map pack from 10 dollars to 15 sure you can you can account for it for inflation over a period of 10 years but at the end of the day it's just unfair to consumers it's not like there were massive development costs to begin with for for modern warfare 4 and while i do understand the business side of it that yes blizzard needs to make meet it meet its revenue or targets it shouldn't be unfair to those who have already given their money and what and sure man the events are a good way for for blizzard to keep engagement high and to get and to retain users and to and to monetize but there has to be a balance right i mean at the end of the day if you look at if you look at what happened to diablo 3 at launch towards towards what it is right now it's it, they've fixed things they've removed items that that and elements of gameplay that the community thought it was wrong so hopefully they'll 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 pay greater attention to this cuz if the rumors are correct we might see another summer games event soon or in a couple of, or in a month or two and when that happens hopefully blizzard gets its act in order yeah so we'll find out what happens eventually uh, in the meantime i suppose we should talk about this xbox um, we should talk about this xbox game pass yes so oh. uh, the xbox game pass is essentially uh the gaming equivalent of netflix wherein you pay a subscription fee uh, i think it's 6699 rupees uh per month uh which i think works out of 15 dollars in the us if i'm not mistaken and you get access to over 100 games on xbox 360 and xbox 1 and this is for the xbox 1 only at this point in time uh it was revealed earlier in the year and it got leaked uh, late last week before microsoft made an announcement and after the announcement uh, yeah it's basically it's available now so gold users can can try it out for 2 weeks free starting and it has available since last week and the the games on display are interesting you have the usual suspects like halo you also have uh, generation 1 xbox one titles like uh, like rise but by and large it seems to be a mixed bag uh, it's an interesting step forward because as we all know microsoft is lagging behind sony in a large way in terms of user base and this is probably microsoft's way of keeping their audience stuck to the ecosystem but i don't know it's it's still very early days and to be honest all all that it takes all that sony needs to do is release its own com- competitor with a better variety of content and its game set and match Mm, yeah so um speaking of sony then um i suppose there's a new ps4 slim bundle and some news regarding the ps3 okay so let's get the bad news out of the way first the ps3 is dead yeah that's as much silence as you're going to get out of it uh so what happened was yesterday japanese focused gaming blog gematsu or gematsu i don't know how it's pronounced my apologies sal romano <laughs> uh 
discovered that uh, discovered that Sony's official PlayStation website in Japan has said that the 500 GB PS3 is ended production. Now, why this is significant is because for the longest time in Japan, the 12 gig version was also not available. So mm-hmm. now they've said both versions, the 500 GB and the 12 GB PS3 is ended production. So it's it's just a matter of time before other regions fall in line, which should be as no, which should come as no surprise, considering it's been around for a better part of 11 years right now. Uh, launched in November, November 2006, um, and uh, it's given us a. Sh- I mean it. And it's given us a boatload of great games. We've had the likes of uh, the Uncharted series, Resistance, Killzone, and so many others. And it's about time Sony's called time on it. Um, what's, amu- what's, what's fun to note is there has been no demand for the PS3 in India for the last six to eight months. Mm. This is something Sony India has essentially told us. And this is something even the retail channels have told us as well. Mm. And the focus has been on the PlayStation 4. Which brings us to the better part of the discussion. Uh, Sony has unveiled a new PS4 bundle for India. What this so twenty eight nine ninety gets you Horizon Zero Dawn, Ratchet and Clank, Drive Club, mm. and three months of uh, PlayStation Plus, which works out to I think fifteen hundred rupees worth mm. of access. So essentially, you get close to close to ten thousand rupees worth of stuff with your PlayStation Four Slim five hundred GB, which is a great deal. And uh, if someone's looking to, to jump in and pick up a console, this is the best time. More so when you consider the fact that the Xbox One S hasn't launched yet, and that there are no and that no bundle from Microsoft is probably going to have this much value. And it's absolutely not worth buying the original Xbox One. Like it, it's really garbage. After using the Xbox One S, like it, it should have launched with this. The Xbox One, it literally feels like using Android after using iOS. So. Yeah, it is quite laggy and. And that tragic. power brick dude, like yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that's the situation there, and it, it should it should come as no surprise because yeah, that Sony's right now the market leader, and they have the advantage, and they're pressing it. We won't be surprised to see more bundles coming forward. We won't be surprised to see them do a bundle on Tekken Seven. We won't be surprised to see them do a bundle around Uncharted: Lost Legacy, Gran Turismo Sport. And whatever game Sony has a marketing deal on. Which is almost everything this year. Yeah, including Far Cry 5. Which is early next year, but yeah. they have uh, Battlefront 2, which is definitely going to happen. Uh, probably something around FIFA, if the rumors to be believed, where uh, Sony secures marketing rights after a long, long, I'd say, legacy of Microsoft. Yeah. Like Microsoft basically having a marketing deal with exclusive content for the Xbox platform with FIFA. That apparently has ended. Yeah. And Sony will announce something with FIFA this year. So they'll definitely take advantage of that. In fact, retailers here have been, uh, I believe you told me they've been trying to figure out if they can bundle FIFA with the PS4, but they've been blocked multiple times. Yeah. So, for, so in fact, it's not just retailers. Uh, Sony themselves have been trying to do a FIFA bundle. And it's something. It should come as no surprise. Every region wants to do a FIFA bundle on PlayStation, because outside of US and Europe, it's what sells consoles. In India, people buy a console to play FIFA. In India, people buy a console to play Need for Speed. These Call are, of Duty and Call of Duty. Like third party rules the roost in countries like ours. So it should come as no surprise that everyone wants to do a FIFA bundle and they can't because of such reasons. Now, if the rumor is true, yes, we could see some PS4 FIFA bundles, which would be a very interesting play because Amazon has exclusive distribution rights for EA games. So, and and honestly, Amazon's the only distributor who hasn't shied away from doing its own bundles. 
if you notice uh, on Amazon, while they don't market them as bundles, they very slyly show you a PlayStation 4 next to FIFA and say that's what people have been buying. And mm -hmm. they're willing to offer you that bundle as well. Mm. Indirectly. They're the mm. only distributor willing to do this. And that's important because when Watch Dogs 2 and Watch Dogs 1 came with the PlayStation 4 late last year and Call of Duty Infinite Warfare with Call of Duty, for, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered came on the PlayStation 4 last year. A lot of the distributors for those games were unhappy because they had a drop price on their versions of the game to ensure that they still sold. Now, what does this mean for the consumer is, well, if you have a decent enough relationship with your a game store, or if you're just shameless enough, you can go up to them and say, hey, I just want the console, I don't want the games, and you should be able to get a better price. Mm. We're already seeing this happen with the bundle which we just talked about, which has Horizon, Ratchet and & Clank, and uh, Drive Club, where retailers are, retailers are saying straight up that they can sell it to the consumers at 22,000 rupees. Mm. Just the console. And buy your own games, buy what you want. So all of this is going to happen, and it's it just goes to show that at the end of the day, it's the market forces in play, right? Supply mm. meets demand, and it, it's it's a great time to buy a console. Yeah, so I think you briefly mentioned Far Cry 5, right? So there have been some new uh, rumors, leaks, more info on that. So it seems that every leak that was reported last week about the game turned out being true. Uh, Ubisoft had an official announcement on Friday where they, t uh, where they talked about the game setting, the premise, uh, the characters, pre-order bonuses, the entire, the entire nine yards. So the game uh, has you as a deputy sheriff, I think, in a county called Hopes County. And um, you're up against right-wing uh, right American terrorists of sorts. Uh, so it's quite amusing because in the US, the, the, the current, given the current situation in the US, it kind of mirrors it. And the way the, and what's more fascinating than the premise itself is how certain US websites have been covering the game with an air of fear of, oh my God, they're hitting so close to home and stuff like <laughs> that. Uh, guys, at the end of the day, it's just, a, it's just skinning what you know and love about Far Cry. You're going to have the same survival mechanics. You're going to have the same number of vehicles to mess around with. There might be one or two inclusions from Primal, such as maybe access to, to using a dog to, or, or, or any kind of pet or animal to do your bidding. But that aside, it's basically the same old Far Cry. And that's nothing new. Far Cry has never shied away from controversy. So it's just marketing. Don't get wrapped up in it. For me, I'm more interested to know what I can do in the in this emergent sandbox. I'm interested in playing it because the whole campaign can be played in co-op. Yeah, that's that's also that's a big plus. But it's co-op online only, so no no split screen. Yeah, mm. that's fine. Just saying. And uh, there are going to be some pre-order. The pre-orders are already up the world over. India doesn't have a price yet. Um, there is a good possibility we may, we might see a price reveal after E3. Mm. So yeah, but it's it's looking good. It's it's basically the same old Far Cry you know and love. Now, how much Ubisoft iterate on the formula remains to be seen. We'll probably get a proper slice of gameplay at E3 or after E3. Yeah, so when is it due for launch again? It's due for launch Feb 27 next year. Uh, they've started yeah. the hype very early. Yeah, it's, this is like way too early for pre-orders. I, yeah. I think it's they've kept it as a safe uh, release period also because no one releases usually AAA shooters around that time. Yeah, and also keep in mind that this uh, that the th that the last part of the year, September, October, November, you're gonna have new Call of Duty, Destiny Two, and uh, and Star Wars Battlefront Two. Mm. So if you ask me, it's a smart move to push it push it back and start the hype rolling now because there's a good chance it'll it'll be sw it'll be swallowed up 
after everything else gets announced at and around E3. Mm. And there's also rumors that we're probably going to see a new Wolfenstein game. And we may even see a quick Champions release date. Yeah, what so, is happening really? Yeah, all the games of old like Doom, Wolfenstein, Quake, all these things are coming back. So Half Life Three also. I wouldn't really call Quake coming back because based on what it is, no. <laughs> At least it's not what really. it is, man. It's like Quake Three Arena. Oh, sure. So it's it really is. cool. Sure, it is. Yeah. So yeah, they only nineties kids will remember Quake Three Arena. <laughs> <laughs> they managed getting Wolfenstein back for sure. I didn't think they'd be able to pull it off with Doom, but they did. And then, uh, yeah, so basically that. Let's see if they actually pull it off with Quake when it releases. But given how they've been talking about it, I don't think so. Yeah, well, so now I'm waiting for both Half-Life and Unreal uh, showing up in some form in this day and age. Unreal's already there. We have Unreal Engine 4 support on Switch. <laughs> what more do you want? No, there's... <laughs> and there is Unreal in some form of weird beta at Epic, but... Yeah. No one's playing that. All right, so moving on to mobile gaming. Um... I think we are about, what, right now, maybe like a week or so away from the release of iOS 11's uh, beta. Yeah, the f- we're like a little less than a week away from the first beta of iOS 11. Yeah. iOS 11 will be announced by Apple at their worldwide developer conference. And they usually release the first beta for developers and which basically a lot of non-developers also try out as soon as it's out. The same day, like they release it usually after the event ends and... Uh, these betas are meant for like at least the first few betas are pretty unstable and expect a lot of crashing and stuff like that but uh, iOS 11 is basically not going to run 32-bit apps so unless your app and game works and is built for 64-bit it's not going to work it's not going to launch yeah so this information is not confirmed as of now but I mean there have been enough hints there have been enough hints and people have found lots of references to this so and even in iOS 10 if you run like a a 32-bit app right now it says that this app may not work in future versions yeah earlier it said this app may slow down so they're basically just preparing you for what's happening now this is a problem because there are a lot of developers who I will call them lazy developers on iOS who basically still sell their game and they don't update them. Now, mm. if you if you don't want to update it, pull it off because it's not going to work on the store. There's no point in actually selling it if it's not going to be available, if it's not going to run. Mm. Uh, Square Enix has the best version of Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions on iOS. Uh, and it's not going to work on iOS 11 until they update it. And they are notorious for not updating their games. In fact, Nier Automata on PC and PS4 still hasn't been updated. And on PC, it doesn't even run at native resolution for most people unless you use a mod. Yeah. So which. Square Enix <laughs> is pretty terrible with this. Yeah. They haven't done that. Uh, some of the older iOS games like World of Goo, even the newer ones like FTL all got updates recently because they know it's going to happen. And they're preparing. They basically want their game to be sold after iOS 11 hits. Mm. So that's get be prepared for some and some important gaming related apps also like Touch Arcade Mm. will not work anymore on iOS and Apple doesn't seem to be letting uh, both Touch Arcade and App Shopper update their apps. Yeah, that's really sad. That's actually a very useful app and ultimately the money goes to Apple only. It's not like they're redirecting you to some third party store or something. Exactly. I, I disagree there. I mean, from a from a curation standpoint, they want ownership over it. Mm. So I can see why from a strategic standpoint, they want to keep it to themselves. But at the same time, there's nothing stopping App Shopper and Touch Arcade from just doing a web app like Final, like FD They does. do have web apps. So but there you go. Yeah, but like when you're not in the app store, no one downloads, you can't share the stuff easily and all and True. you lose out on the native experience. So the biggest advantage of being on the app store is that you can send notifications for things, right? So yes. if there is like a discount or a price drop. Um, in fact, that's what most of us use uh, yeah. Touch Arcade and App Shopper for. Like if there's a game you want which is launched and you don't want to pay full price, just 
put it on your wish list and they'll notify you when it's discounted yeah and tachakade is great even uh, for other reasons such as every week they have one featured review or a featured post which they send out a notification for and this is usually something that you may not otherwise discover so a great mobile game comes out they'll write about it and if you like it if you like the review you can probably buy it at full price so this indirectly it benefits apple only that it di- directs people to the good stuff on their store yeah which here's sometimes th- apple may not curate and feature but here's the here, here's the other part of it we're probably have we ever considered the possibility that apple is probably going to build the same features into their app store hmm we may like we'll we'll find out more about that but i really doubt that they'll build like a price drop notification type feature yeah in, because in the they store. want people to spend full price yeah. also i don't know my point is if it's on your wish list you get notified when if it, when there's a discount steam does it yeah it but steam done. probably like steam isn't even a proper store it's just like it takes whatever the community does slowly and puts it now now mm. be careful you know it's true the fanboys <laughs> are at the gate <laughs> what they're at the wrong gate there's no destiny to on steam there we go <laughs> Yeah. No but like I mean even Apple uh, they do this with the OS itself they'll it's called Sherlocking as many sites reported there'll be some feature which is very useful and all that they'll build it into iOS like they bought workflow which is the popular app and I'm pretty sure they're going to integrate that into iOS yeah, in some, some kind form. of automation stuff is definitely going to happen but yeah I mean that brings us to Rishi's point right maybe one of those features is actually giving you like a so that would yeah. the point would be valid but they've blocked updates to these two apps for like what 3 years or 4 years now mm, yeah. it's been app a while so it, yes. what are they doing and uh, it's not even like they're busy with the iPad or Mac lineup because they've done nothing <laughs> over there it's going to so, show up at WDC believe sure if it yeah. does I'll buy it so yeah <laughs> basically, <laughs> look basically uh, iOS 11 is uh, going to change up at least a lot of your apps you might want to if you have an iOS device go into settings look into those apps which uh, which aren't going to run on future versions as they call it Thomas was alone yeah Thomas was alone was never worth buying on iOS because yeah. they never updated it it runs like it runs really badly yeah it does in fact like i got it on ipad because i was like fine really good game played it already every other platform it'll be good but it, it ran terribly mm. uh, doesn't even look that great no it, it it's non retina as well it's blocks how much better would you like blocks to look like it's non retina it looks i mean those are blurry blocks who yeah, wants to look at that yeah who wants to look at blurry blocks consider an added feature it's not a bug mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah like i basically just deleted that didn't bother with it anymore uh, it's funny because that game is so simple as rishi calls it is just blocks and they still couldn't port it properly but you have complex games like what what were you playing warhammer or something yeah that yeah free blade. blade yeah yeah and then you have total total war and all that stuff coming getting ported jade empire but nope thomas was alone runs badly so i'm not it's not a big loss that is getting taken off and no one's going to be buying it anymore that would probably give them a kick mm. to update it <laughs> maybe it'll give them maybe we'll see a swift response <laughs> so yeah basically uh, ios 11 is going to change some stuff hopefully they will talk about other gaming stuff as they basically just keep every alternating between wwdc they'll say gaming is so important look how many games we have there's controller support and then they'll forget about it for the mm. rest of the year so uh, i don't really remember if they talk about games at wwdc's announcements they uh, mentioned the number of games probably yeah, but then yeah. they they had apple right last year wasn't it at wwdc Uh, no, no. No, so was it the iPhone? Yeah, but they have been already WWDC one. Yeah, so they will show off some game for sure because they mm. need to show off some. Yeah. Like when they introduce Metal, they Metal, said, "Look yeah. at whatever, whatever." So yeah. they'll probably have some more gaming. They may let. They might have Nintendo again. Yeah. So my suspicion yeah, is that they may show off the Witness in some capacity for iOS. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been leaked multiple times. Yeah, it's a big enough game, and we've heard too much about it. But then, it's and not it is coming. It. They just said it's yeah. coming soon, so yeah. that's a very good point. They might actually yeah. do that, and yeah. uh, that's a day one purchase, even if it's forty dollars for me. So. Yeah, oh. so I'm also looking forward to that one, even though I don't have an iPad, which we may hear about. Uh, I don't I'd know. I'd like to see more first-person shooters. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not interested in first-person puzzlers. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Bring Doom Three. Let's uh, move Doom on to to iPhone. Oh yeah, like if we don't, if we consider the 2016 version as Doom Three because there is no other Doom Three, then sure. All mm. rage. I think it's time we transition to Mike's weird and wacky games podcast. So what have you been playing, Mike? Uh, what have I been playing? Uh, besides Zelda, which I'm, I can actually finish it now if I want, probably in the next two hours, but. Uh, since I've been like whatever playing for so long, grinding, doing shrines, doing a lot of stuff, getting a lot of end game weapons, I decided to go and take on the super bosses, uh, which you're not supposed to do unless you like absolutely need to farm some parts. So had fun, like proper challenge after a long time, and uh, still discovering new mechanics in this game. I don't know how much they've shoved into this. It's pretty crazy. In fact, I also discovered that uh, the important NPCs in the game will now react if you're not wearing clothes and stuff. <laughs> so there, there's one, uh, there's one NPC who upgrades your inventory, and uh, if you talk to him when you're not wearing any clothes, he comments on it, and you'll both dance naked together. What? <laughs> so that's actually a thing. And uh, while that may be a spoiler for some, like just, just like, just I can't <laughs> believe they actually put that into the game. And yeah. uh, I also noticed this other thing where when you're buying stuff from stores, if you actually uh, stand on the table where they're selling stuff, they will not sell anything to you, and they'll say, "Please get off!" Like you're you're being bad mannered and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's really funny. But sounds totally like a seven on ten game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I wonder who would give it seven on ten. Anyway, well, if uh, it's baby's first open world game, then yeah, you'll think it's really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's Fallout Four, right? No, that'll be. Skyrim. Oh wait, no, baby's first open world game Skyrim, that actually Skyrim, works. Skyrim, Skyrim, dude. So so aside from the Todd Howard hate. Uh, Besides that, I've been playing Guilty Gear XR Revelator 2, which is currently the best fighting game available. Yes, that includes comparing it to Injustice 2. And uh, yeah, more people need to play it. Been playing it, playing against people in Japan and in the US online. Story mode's amazing. It's basically a 2.5D or fighter made in a 3D engine. It's on Unreal. So they really make it look amazing. I think it's one of the best looking games also. Uh, with its effects and it's it's very stylish compared to everything else available. Like on Street Fighter V, it's also using Unreal as far as I know, and the characters all look terrible. Uh, even the stages look bad. I mean, it's mind blowing how bad Street Fighter V looks compared to. And if you're looking at 3D fighters, Injustice 2 has the maximum production value. So those, been those are correct you a bit. Injustice 2 is also 2.5D on a 3D plane. It's the same as uh, Guilty Gear in that. Oh, respect. okay, fine. Yeah. So, so yeah, basically, uh, I'd say Injustice 2 and Guilty Gear XR Rev 2, both which released very recently. In fact, uh, uh, Injustice 2 isn't available on PC, but if you want to play something on PC, Guilty Gear is coming to PC next week. So, definitely look into it. It's very cheap and it's one of the best fighting games available. And it's approachable for newcomers, just like Injustice 2, which you can't say that about Street Fighter V. There is a in there's a button config mode called Stylish Mode, which basically lets you just button mash and do super combos instead of doing exact precise inputs. So it's very good and like it's probably one of my favorite games now. So been playing that. Yeah, so I have been playing Steinsgate only. I didn't have much time to 
play games on the PS4. Uh, so Steins Gate has reached like a very. Uh, I mean, it, I have not progressed much in the game because it's like frankly too huge. Uh, but I'm really beginning to like the mad scientist character who's like the lead character in the game. Uh, some of the dialogue in the game is just killer. Even though this is an English translation, which I'm going through, not the original Japanese one. Um, but some of the dialogue in the game is just really, really good. Especially like uh, when you see all these weird characters popping up, like some people dressed as cats, and then after at the end of every dialogue, they'll say "nyan nyan," and I'm Faris. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the entire interaction between Faris and Daru, the super hacker, is just. so cringe worthy but so true to real life it's not even funny yeah it is so the way the i mean they've written dialogues in such a good way because there's nothing much in this right it's it's a visual novel you just see like some uh, characters popping up on screen they don't even move much at at best they like just slide in and out of the screen yeah the portraits just the facial expressions change sometimes yeah the and power uh, of text yeah believe <laughs> Text so, yeah. and music like the music plays a really big part in Steins Gate. Yeah. Still seared into my brain, much like images on a cathode ray tube. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mild so, spoilers. Yeah, I I do I do get the reference surprisingly enough. So yeah, I've really been enjoying it and I'm slowly like progressing through the game. Apart from that, I haven't played anything this week. Hopefully, one of these weeks I'll get enough time to finish uh, Mass Effect Andromeda the way I like to finish role playing games. And then uh, hopefully I'll be able to um, blackmail Rishi into returning Persona Five to me. Sure. It's <laughs> never a problem. Yeah. So what have you been playing? So I've been playing uh, this game called Tokyo Forty Two, which is Grand Theft Auto meets Monument Valley. It reminds me of the older Grand Theft Auto games with the isometric view mm. and the and the layers and verticality is so much like Monument Valley as is the art style. It is so isometric as in like it's not GTA Two for sure. Kind yeah. of like GTA Two was top down yeah. bird's eye view. Kind yeah. of top down, yeah, top down bird's eye view. Yeah. Sorry, not isometric. Yeah. Top down bird's eye view with Monument Valley's uh, verticality and level design. It is and so that good. Abstract art style. Mm. It is so good. I'm just shocked at how good it is, because usually, ga- and espe- considering that the combat is quite similar to Hotline Miami in the sense one one hit you're dead, mm. and it's just that the way it's presented, with the music, with the w- with the art style, and with the gameplay mechanics, it feels absolutely zen-like and calming. It is mm. so cool. So I've been playing a lot of that, and it's got a really sinister. And the worst part is. It feels so calming. At the same time, it has a super sinister storyline where you're a person who's framed for murder, and you have to like kill other people to, you know, get your innocence, <laughs> claim your innocence by killing people, which is mm. pretty messed up. But it's really nicely done. Uh, character portraits are pixelated. Uh, uh, six, look, looks like something out of the eight or sixteen bit era, which is really nice. Also, it's a very polished game. A lot of fun to play. So I've been playing a lot of that. It's quite short too. I think like four hours, five hours max. And there's a crazy amount of multiplayer as well, uh, which I'm which I'm going to probably be diving into next, and it's quite fun. So yeah, Tokyo Forty Two, been playing a lot of that, and uh, it seems that because of uh, Mike's regular hate for Todd Howard, I started playing Fallout Four again, <laughs> and uh, it is so good. So yeah, yeah, I like the game. It is a lot of fun, and I've been I started on the PS Four, actually PS Four Pro, and the difference between the Xbox One version and this is staggering. load times are a lot better characters look a lot better uh there are no freezes it is just like run smoothly so yeah it's as close to the pc version as we'll get until scorpio shows up so we we start a new playthrough is that uh and i've been playing overwatch because anniversary event so want to get as many things as possible 
So yeah. Yeah. So how did that go? The anniversary event. I haven't. It's still going on at all. It's still going on. Still yeah. playing. Uh, been playing with friends at night. It's it's quite fun because uh, when you when you when you're playing with a party, you you gain more XP. So if all goes well, hopefully I'll hit level hundred this week. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so yeah, just been playing a lot of that with friends. Been trying new characters as well. Uh, Orissa's one is is the new support which they brought in with the last uh, is a, the new character they brought in last. Been playing as that, which is quite cool because I can spam shields which enemies can't hit and support the rest of my team. So yeah, been playing that. Yeah, every time you say Orissa, I keep thinking about the Indian state, which is not called Orissa anymore. But yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so that's all we have for this episode of Transition, and we will see you with another episode next week. And as always, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Catches360. You can also send in your questions, comments, and feedback apart from your hate mail at podcast at Catches360.com. The music for this episode comes via Magnus Solai Paulson, whose album PPP PPP is where all the tracks are from.